It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Auburn hiring DJ Durkin can only mean one thing. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackaby. Thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. We are dapping it up. Daryl Daprich and myself live from the Senior Bowl. We'll talk about what the Auburn Tigers looked like uh, in day one uh, at the end of the show. But DJ Durkin being hired to be Hugh Freeze's next defensive coordinator, Daryl, can mean one thing and one thing alone. It's... The keys have been given to Hugh Freeze to run the Auburn football program as he sees fit. And I think it's either going to work or it's not. But all Auburn fans asked for one thing going into the Hugh Freeze hire was whoever it is, give them full control. I think this DJ Durkin hire proves that. I do too. I mean, it's it's obvious that he was one of two guys that was Hugh Freeze's guy. Mm-hmm. He worked with Hugh Freeze before, Durkin yep. did. He's familiar with him. Um, so the, the obvious answer to that or the obvious take is that's who Hugh Freeze wanted, that's who Hugh Freeze got. And even when we talked about the elephant in the room, whether there was going to be pushback, whether there was going to be anything that happened from his previous stint at Maryland, even though he's been at Ole Miss and the Falcons and Texas A&M, right. if there was pushback, Hugh Freeze won that battle. We don't know if there was, but if there was, Hugh Freeze got his man at the end of the day. And yep. I think that speaks volumes and, and really is what Auburn needs to do going into the next phase of Auburn football. I think you're right. I think you're absolutely right. Because, look, there was there could have been a lot of controversy with this, and some Auburn fans are upset. Some folks say, well, look, he's clearly been vetted because a, a bunch of other people have hired him. I mean, if, if, if he was truly at fault and fully at fault, um, I just can't imagine other places would have hired him. Auburn's not the first one to do that so we'll see and you know it's a travesty it's terrible what happened under his time at Maryland but it doesn't seem like all of that fell on him as far as you know Hugh Freeze just not really caring what the message is I like that too Daryl yeah I do too I think you know we talk about in coaching you never want to be the guy that follows the guy yeah DJ Durkin if Auburn would have hired him right after the Maryland fiasco I could see the blowback yes the fact that he's been at three other stops before this and again some of the the things that bother me is the inconsistency in some fan bases media did LSU get this much blowback when they hired Brian Kelly after he put a man on a, a camera stand with the wind blowing and the kid, the student died? No, that was a tragedy. Again, things happen, people get vetted, and, and it's it's a situation where you're not downplaying it. Yeah. But Auburn did its due diligence, and I think that the bigger message here is what you said. Hugh Freeze wanted DJ Durkin. He loves his experience. He loves the familiarity. He yeah. loves the way he meshes with the other coaches with the Charles Kelly situation. And so at the end of the day, it speaks volumes to me that he's been given that much leeway to get who he wants. And that's how it should be. Yeah, and this is a guy who, in the coaching world, a lot of people want DJ Durkin to be a part of the program. If if Nick Saban, and we're not the only people to say this, this has been widely said and reported now over the last 24 hours or so, but if Nick Saban had not retired, DJ Durkin would be the defensive coordinator at Alabama. And I just, I just have a feeling, Daryl, in this hypothetical scenario, the hire would have been celebrated. Yeah. I just, 
I mean, based off of everything that, that has happened post Nick Saban's retiring and just kind of the perception around that program, everything Kalen DeBoer does is being labeled as a home run hire. And I think this hire is way better than a lot of the, a lot of the guys that he's brought in. And I think Hugh Freeze feels that way too. Down here in Mobile, you and I talked to some folks and kind of jumped into, okay, well, why the delay? And I don't think it was any kind of pressure. I don't think Hugh Freeze necessarily cared a whole lot about the pushback or anything like that. It sounds like it was getting some contract information from Texas A&M as far as potential buyouts and things of that nature. So I, I don't think it was because they were necessarily waiting. Um, the, you know, the, the person that we talked to that is very close to the program said they got their guy. They yeah, got their guy. I, I think two points on that. Number one, you make an excellent point with the Nick Saban situation. And uh, it's, it's it kind of mirrors the fact that we had heard rumors years ago that Nick Saban wanted to bring Hugh Freeze in as an offensive coordinator, and they talked to each other, right? Would have been a good hire. It would have been a good hire, yeah. and, and it would have been celebrated. Same mm -hmm. thing with the DJ Durkin thing. The second thing is he was an excellent defensive coordinator under Jim Harbaugh. There were some Los Angeles Charger websites and publications that speculated Harbaugh may want to talk to Durkin at yeah. the Chargers. And Which listen, would have made sense with uh, the timeline. And right? that's a guy like, that okay, I trust yeah. on a coaching tree. I mean, I do. Jim Harbaugh, He's Nick pretty Saban, good. Yeah. pretty good. Right. So, right. again, right. Right. You, you get a guy that's, that's valued and wanted by other successful head coaches, then you know it's a good hire. Yeah, and, and look at what Jimbo Fisher did at Texas A&M. And obviously he underachieved, but, I mean, there's just so much money in that program. He could have gotten anybody. And he got DJ Durkin. And – some people are looking at what he did at Texas A&M over the last two years and kind of looking at the stats, and they're not blown away by it. And I get it, but let's think about Auburn's defense from a year ago. I think we would all say Auburn's defense, not only was it good, but it significantly overachieved a year ago. But statistically, it's just kind of ah, because they were on the field all the time. Right. And, and I think you saw a similar thing at Texas A&M over the past two years with A&M just not being able to get anything going offensively. So don't always look at stats. Look at the actual game. And we saw it. I mean, Auburn played A&M the last two seasons, and they struggled on offense both of those. Of course, we remember that legendary game where Cadillac was the interim head coach and Auburn won, but it's not like Auburn scored at will in that game. That was a slugfest. It was an ugly game. And so I, I think DJ Durkin's a good defensive coordinator. I think the hire makes sense. And the more I talk to folks and the more I realize, like, okay, this was the guy. I was wrong on Chris Kiffin, I think. I think I was wrong on that as far as how – interested they uh, they potentially were um but yeah props to uh, props to hugh freeze for not listening to outside noise which is what we needed an auburn head coach that's exactly what he did he did not listen to outside noise and i just once again this hire daryl shows that the keys have been given to hugh freeze and we should all remember that was the main thing we asked for when auburn moved on from brian harson whoever they hire give them full control Hugh Freeze has that and is hired, proves that in my mind. Yeah, if Auburn's offense doesn't take a substantial leap from between year one and year two under Hugh Freeze and with a different offensive coordinator, then a DJ Durkin's going to be invaluable defensively because he's sure. used to having to have, run a defense that keeps you in games. Mm -hmm. If Auburn can't throw it as much as they want to throw it and they go back to a formula, Zach, where they run it, ball control, yep. E-clock to keep their defense off the field, yep. DJ Durkin is absolutely comfortable in that role. So we'll see, and I can't wait to see what kind of packages he runs, what kind of how he brings pressure, all those fun things that we get to learn now over the next coming months. Yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun to see. So who are the players on Auburn's roster that could benefit the most? We discuss that in just a moment right here on Locked on Auburn. <laughs> 
Today's show brought to you by our friends at Game Time. You should download the free Game Time app. Daryl, you have bought tickets via Game Time. I've bought both sporting tickets and concert tickets via Game Time. It's very easy to use. You've mentioned it before. You pull up your tickets, you can see the stage. Whatever venue you're in, it's like you're sitting in the seat, which is important. Very important because obviously a setup's different for sporting events than it is a concert. That's right. You want to see where you are in relation to the stage. I used it for a concert in July and I'm fired up. Yep, yep, absolutely. We did the same thing. It was a smaller venue too, so you never really know, especially off to the side, what exactly that may look like. So download the Game Time app. All you have to do is use promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, all one word, LOCKEDON, for $20 off your order. That's on the free Game Time app. Today's show also brought to you by our friends at Alumni Hall. Can you imagine buying Auburn gear from anywhere else? No. I can't. No. I can't no. either. The, the thought makes me angry, actually. They've got three great physical locations. All of their stuff officially, um, all their merchandise is officially licensed. You don't have to worry about the fake stuff. They've got the silver sticker on there that means it's legitimate. They've got locations in Auburn, in Opelika, and in Huntsville. In Huntsville. Been to the Huntsville location. Uh, yeah, and you said it. You said it's, um, Very impressive. as the kids say, it's fire. It's, it's lit. It's lit, yeah, yeah. I use that expression mm -hmm. often. Yep, yeah. that's right. So be sure to check out our, uh, our friends at alumnihall.com or any of their great physical stores in Auburn, Opelika, and Hunts, Vegas. The player I believe benefits the most from DJ Durkin being Auburn's defensive coordinator, Demarcus Riddick. Demarcus Riddick That's a good one. coming in. He's already impressed in bowl practices. Different system, different scheme, but we've heard nothing but great things about Demarcus Riddick. We've seen him develop linebackers at other places. And to me, you can make the argument for Eugene Asante. You can make the argument for Austin Keys. You can make it for some of the other young freshmen, Joe Phillips or DJ Barber. But man, Demarcus Riddick, it sounds like his floor is so much higher than we originally thought. We always knew the ceiling was high, but the floor is higher than we originally thought. So I'm going with Demarcus Riddick. That's a great choice. And I think, oh, thank you. Here's the thing besides receiver, the linebacking room in this recruiting class was the most impressive. What a great time yes. to bring a linebacking guru as a defensive coordinator in mm -hmm. to coach up and to, to help these young linebackers you know, acclimate to the system. Right. I am going to go with a linebacker, and you mentioned him. I'm going with a veteran linebacker in Austin Keys. Oh, okay. I think Austin Keys showed flashes last year when he started getting healthy. I think he's tough. He's physically tough. He played with that cast. He right. had some, I think he flourishes under Durkin next year. And I just, the, the familiarity of it, and I just think, again, he, he showed flashes last year to me, and I think Durkin's going to pull it out of him. Yeah, I am curious to see what this offseason looks like for the linebackers versus a year ago. Because remember last spring, it kind of felt like we were waiting for somebody to step up the entire time. Now, that was already going to be different because Austin Keys and Eugene Asante are coming back. You know, you lose guys like Cam Riley. Um, but I, I just, I think the narrative around the linebackers, it was already going to be different this spring because it's clear guys have eventually stepped up. But now it's almost instead of, okay, who's going to step up? Who's going to take somebody's job? And when you bring in new faces, a new guy that's going to lead the defense, and let's don't forget the co-DC is also a new face. Charles Kelly's probably going to have input in this. He's not going to just be defensive backs and safeties. Could a, could a guy just come in like a Demarcus Riddick or a DJ Barber or a Joe Phillips and say, hey, I'm really good. Uh, and I don't care that you're a returning starter. I don't care that you're a veteran. 
I mean, just just talking to folks who did a lot of the interviews for Joseph Phillips when he came in, it's like this guy's all business. This guy's all business. Mm -hmm. uh, he's not concerned that you've been in this system or whatever. I, I just think the the storyline of following the linebackers this offseason is going to be a full 180 from a year ago. I have a philosophy that what's the use in recruiting and signing five stars yep. and getting recruiting coups and getting yep. them away from Georgia hey. if they're not going to contribute right away? Right. At some point, you get dogs, you get dudes like that because you hope to get them on the field. You don't want to develop them in two, three years. You're getting them with NIL and with guys going to the NFL. You want to take advantage of them sooner than later. Five stars are the, the, the people to do that with. You win recruiting battles, let it pay off. That's why I see a guy like Phillips who was going to go to Georgia and Riddick who was going to go to Georgia or Alabama. Getting on the field early, getting significant snaps because why else do you go get a guy with that kind of pedigree? Yeah, and is DJ Barber a guy in this room that's being overlooked? I mean, that state championship game against Sarah Land, everybody talked about how um, how great that game was and wow, Ryan Williams flash and KJ Lacey was incredible, the quarterback for Saraland. But I mean, DJ Barber is the one who made that stop. DJ Barber was the guy who was this absolute force. And he, like the receiver room that you mentioned, there's so many guys, it's almost impossible to list them all in a full conversation. It's like, we've done a lot of receiver talk lately and so many people are like, well, what about Perry Thompson? Or what about Malcolm Simmons? And it's like, yeah, they're all good. Yeah, <laughs> They're all good. And then you look at these incoming linebackers and I mean, they're all they're all special too. So Demarcus Riddick got uh, got most of the chatter during uh, during these bowl practices. And it sounds like he deserved it. You know, we're not gonna take that away from him. But a guy like DJ Barber, Daryl, don't count him out. You know, that, that little nickname that everybody got for the receivers, the freeze four, the freeze five, the linebackers are going to be Durkin's dudes. They absolutely <laughs> they absolutely uh, will be – Insane. Will, they will absolutely be key. And I think there's a – Durkin's dogs. Durkin's dogs. There's a uh, – the word dudes. I'm looking for is kind of a, a awareness or a labeling them all coming in together. Uh, I, I think that's awesome that mm -hmm. they, they get that – that that whole awareness and identification of we're a group coming in together yeah. and it's a special chemistry type thing i think so man i think so what about what about the defensive line i mean i i'm curious to see how much different stuff they do from a front standpoint because he's ran some three-man fronts from time to time and i'm I, I can't imagine they would do a ton of that with auburn's personnel i, I run a three-man front like you need a dude and I don't know if they necessarily have that outside of Keldrick, unless they want to scoot Keldrick Falk inside. I, so I am curious to see how the defensive line is impacted by uh, by the hire of Durkin. It's interesting, though, if the linebackers become what we think they can become, you want to get four of them on the field at the same time. And I understand walking up the walking up a linebacker to be an edge or a jack, but then I still think you do that and, and keep – four defensive backs on the field and then four linebackers if they're that good and we feel like they could progress how do you keep them off the field well yeah yeah i guess i guess so um but i also think you could look at the safety room that all of a sudden you feel a lot better about like a jaron thompson like that's a safety that wouldn't shock me the transfer from texas jaron thompson like i could see him stepping up into the box and being a guy where it's like, okay, you have the coverage ability, you know, maybe you go dime in that situation if you wanted to bring an extra safety. Laquan Robinson, you know, the number one JUCO player coming in. These are all dudes that I could picture, like, in the box as well. So I just, 
I think four linebackers on the field in like normal situations, I think it's a little old school. I don't think you're going to see a whole lot of that anymore unless one of them's a, a, like an edge guy, like a jack that you're sending off of the edge. But it could happen, sure. Yeah, I mean, we'll just see how it plays out. If, if, if they all really develop the way we feel like they could, now, the good thing about playing in the SEC, you can rotate snaps. They're still going to get significant snaps, even if you don't put four out there at the same time. Correct. Right. Uh, from a depth perspective, it's a nice problem to have. Yeah, which is something that Auburn hasn't really had at linebacker in a hot minute. So, we didn't really say much about Eugene Asante, but he's, you know, funny enough, probably going to be the guy who leads the linebacker room in snaps. And so, I certainly think Eugene Asante is going to be a guy that, um, that benefits from Durkin as well. So, had to mention him. For sure. A little Senior Bowl update from an Auburn perspective coming up in just a moment right here on Locked on Auburn. Today's show brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. FanDuel is America's number one sports booker right now. New customers, you can bet $5 and you can get uh, $200 back in free money. Free money. Free money. You gotta love free money. Free money, right in time for the Super Bowl. They've got a ton of props for the Super Bowl. Who wins the Super Bowl, Daryl? San Francisco. Uh, that was wrong. You can go with the Kansas City Chiefs. If you want to make money over at FanDuel, just use promo code LOCKEDON, FanDuel.com slash LOCKEDON. And, uh, yeah, FanDuel is the official sports betting partner of the NFL and the LOCKEDON Podcast Network. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. All right, we got two quick interviews now here at the Senior Bowl in Mobile. We'll hear from Marcus Harris first. Says a lot of good things about the future of the defensive line. And then a very quick conversation with DJ James. And, and watch carefully, Daryl Stiffarm's an old guy, so you don't, you don't want to miss that. Marcus Harris joining us here on Locked on Auburn. Since uh, wrapping up your time at Auburn, what have you been working on? Uh, just training for the NFL, for this uh, senior bowl and NFL combine, basically. That's about it. What are you hearing from teams? How do you expect to be used at the next level? What's that look like? I, I, I've been hearing, like, I've been expected to be used as a three technique, uh, two wide. Uh, tech style defense, so yeah, that's why I've been handling it. Is what Auburn did and, you know, playing for Coach Jeremy Garrett, is, is he preparing you for this? Yes, sir, of course. He, uh, it's kind of the same defense we ran today. We ran at Auburn, so I kind of knew a lot of the terminology, and I just put it into my own words, and I, and I did good. What's the biggest thing that Jeremy Garrett taught you in this past year? I know you only got one year with him, but uh, what, what stood out? Uh, it's just the technique, just uh, being consistent with the technique every play, and then just the energy, just be myself, and, and he just allowed me to be myself. So Coach Garrett's going to be a great coach in the future. The player you were when you transferred to Auburn versus the player now, I mean, you took huge strides forward. What yeah. is that? Is that work on your part? Is it development? Is it is it what Auburn can offer? What all goes into that? I think a little bit of everything that you said, like yeah. uh, hard work myself uh, plus the coaches we had. And just different, learning from all these different coaches we had throughout the years and all these uh, different DCs we had throughout the years. Just taking a little bit of each one of those guys' game and just adding to my own. So uh, Auburn's got a very talented class coming in. Obviously, uh, Malik Blockton. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know him well. What, uh, what, is, what can Auburn folks expect from, from Malik? 
a, a little bit of me, but like a better version of myself. Cause I'm gonna wow. teach, I'm gonna teach him a little bit of stuff I know. Uh, when I go to the next level, and I want him to translate that to the college game, so I want him to be a better version of me. You're leaving a, a massive hole on this uh, this defensive line at Auburn. Who do you expect to step up and uh, and help fill that? Uh, one guy, Jason Jones, uh, Malik Blockton, of course, uh, Darren Reed, D. Reed, uh, just guys like that. Uh, Zakevius Walker, Kelly Falk, uh, he had a big year last year. So all of those guys are going to have a huge role this year. Thank you so much, man. Thank you for having me. DJ James joining us here on Locked on Auburn. What have you focused most on since uh, wrapping up your time at Auburn, DJ? Um, just getting my technique together um, for the combine, working on just being a fluent, instinctual guy that I am. Um, just really working on my speed as well. That's part of my game. So I'm down in Fort Lauderdale with Matt at XPE, big speed guy, and I'm just pushing myself to the limits. Yeah, I mean, you've been a standout corner at Auburn for years now, played for multiple defensive coordinators. How does that help you in a scenario like the Senior Bowl week? Um, just knowing different schemes, knowing just different defenses, learning from different defensive coordinators, just taking in all the knowledge. I love that. I love football. I'm a big football junkie. I love it. But um, just learning from those guys, um, just learning different, you know, formations, different schemes. It's fun. As far as how you expect to be used at the next level, I mean, strictly outside, you think, or are you talking to teams that may move you around a little bit? Um, Wherever they need me to play. Yeah. Wherever they need me to play. If you need me to play special teams, I want to play special teams. If you need me to play inside, slot corner, I'm playing inside, slot corner. Outside, I'm ready for outside as well. So last time you came on the show, I asked you a very important question, and you said Foo Sackley's was the best chicken fingers, and I was a little shocked by that. Are you, do you still believe that? I still do. It's my hometown. It's my hometown um, place. Foo Sackley's, I'm sorry. I know I've seen a lot of people saying Guthers. <laughs> Um, it was but, a controversial take. Yeah, but I'm sorry, you guys. Fusakli's got it. Don't believe me. Go try it. <laughs> <laughs> what do you uh, – I mean, you're leaving a, a massive hole behind you uh, on Auburn. I mean, who do you expect to kind of step up? Is it Kay and Lee? Is it a group of guys? What do you expect? Um, the, the whole group is great. Um, Kay and Lee, he's a, he's a veteran already in my eyes. Um, he played as a freshman. Um, he knows the game. He's physical. He's fast. He's fluent. Um, I'm really excited for him. Awesome, man. You got to get on the bus. Hey, thank you so much, thank man. Thank you, man. Thank you. All right, that does it for today's edition of Locked on Auburn. Be sure to like the video. Please subscribe, and me and Dara will be back tomorrow. This has been Locked on Auburn. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Thank you.